0: And what a proclamation this morning, Heavenly Father, to be able to say that your love never fails. And Lord, as we enter into this message this morning about emotional health, that's a great entrance point on a topic that is very difficult this morning. Lord, help us. Give us ears to hear, a heart that's wide open to you. And may you bless this time together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hey, great to have you here this morning. You know, I uh, heard it again this week, and it always startles me when I hear it. The number one prescription drug is antidepressants. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel. I don't know if that makes you pause in a, in a culture that's driven to the pursuit of happiness, what that does. And we're into uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about emotional well-being. Now, I've got to tell you, I, you know, about half of my life has been spent teaching and, and preaching. And I rarely sit in my office overwhelmed. Um, which is kind of ironic that it's a message on emotional well-being. And I was absolutely overwhelmed, not because the Bible doesn't have anything to say. It's just that the Bible has a lot to say. And not only that, but when it comes to emotional well-being, as a pastor, it's, it's striking the amount of people who are struggling in one way or another with emotional health. It's it's a pretty intense topic, so I I spent a lot of time in prayer, saying, God, give me something to be able to communicate, because because there was so much material, so much to talk about. It's like what, how can you do it in thirty minutes and in, in forty-five minutes? And listen, you don't want to miss next week because we we have a person who. Who uh, is, a, is an expert, is a counselor, and, and is going to talk about emotional well-being. Is going to talk about what what, the, what they see in their practice on a regular basis, and, and stuff that's going to give us uh, some help. I'm going to I'm going to give you a really big picture this morning. This is not going to solve everything, but I think I'm going to I'm going to hopefully give you what I think is the most important key to your emotional well-being. This morning, what what I I I strongly believe, because every time I get involved in a situation in a conversation in 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 people who are struggling in this particular area, I always I always say to myself, they didn't do this; they could have, you know, uh, helped themselves if they had have done this. So I'm going to give you what I think is that is that one. One key, And it's a question you should always ask yourself when you're entering into some kind of an emotional experience or, or whatever. Um, so this, this is a huge topic. So I want to give you a few verses just to begin this morning to kind of t- give you a synopsis of what the Bible is talking about. The first verse is this. You know, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. You know, we talked last week about, about our thought life, our, our minds, our intellectual life. And by the way, if you missed last week... Shame on you! Seriously, shame on you. Well, we, you couldn't have been doing anything more important than being here last week to hear Doctor Carolyn Weber, right? You know, you couldn't have been, right? So, sorry. Um, I'm I'm really emotional this morning. Um, number 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 two, right? The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit, right? Who can bear a crushed spirit? And number three, I, I love this one. A person without self-control is like a city with broken-down walls. Okay, a person with no no self-control is like a person with broken-down walls. And we've, you know, we you know colloquially what we say. You're a train wreck, right? You're 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 a disaster. You're you know, waiting to happen, all that kind of stuff. The Bible talks about, you know, all this kind of stuff. And emotional health is really, really important. And here's the deal. Here's how we got it backwards, Uh, you know. Remember back... I've I've had a lot of people over the years say to me, God... um, isn't it, isn't it strange that the Bible treats God with all these emotions? You know, put human characteristics on God. And God has, you know, anger. And all, all that. Isn't that strange that we put human characteristics on God? And you go, wait a minute, time out. You got it backwards. You got it backwards. When the Bible says that we were created in God's image, part of what we have been given by God is, is the emotional capacity of God. So the emotions that we have is, is part of being created in God's image. It's not backwards. So we are a reflection, we are a refraction of, made in God's image, and the emotional capacity that God has, has been given to us so that we can relate with God. That's why we have the emptiness. That's why we yearn for certain things. That's why the spiritual connection is such an important one, even though so many of us have it distorted, because that's what sin has done. Things that were meant to be good, anger, um, and, and, and and all those other emotions that we have distorted because of sin were originally meant for good intentions and for good purposes. Sexuality, you know, the way, the way that we love other people has become distorted. The way that we judge other people has become distorted. All these emotional things that were originally given by God, which, which, which allowed us the capacity to commune with God, have been distorted. So don't let everybody, anybody ever say to you, God is too human in the Bible for us. Because it's absolutely backwards. So that's why this emotional thing is such a key thing to, to remember. So I'm going to give you one verse. One verse that I think. Um, it's, it's a thing that God gave me this week. And again, this isn't clinical. Alright? We're not going to be talking in clinical terms or anything like that. But I am going to give you some, some biblical principles that I think are extremely important. And here's the one verse that I think you have to remember. Remember? guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life now this is again this is such an important verse to guard your heart above all else every you know i don't know how many times uh, i've got in a situation and if the person only guarded their heart if, the, if this is so important, you know, that's the wisest man in the world wrote this particular verse and said above all else, guard this thing, guard your emotions, guard your heart, guard, you know, this internal thing. We are all very, very good at having the facade. And how many of us, you know, are in a room full of people and still feel lonely? How many of us um, are, are, are nodding yes, but inside it's, we're going no? How many of us, you know, play this game where, you know, the external saying all this, but inside you're absolutely in meltdown mode. How many of us do that? How many of us allow the external things to absolutely ruin what's going on inside of us? And Solomon says, you know, guard your heart above all else that this thing, whatever is going on inside of you, you need to protect it, you need to guard it, you need to be careful with it, that no matter what, whatever situation, whatever circumstance you get into, you are making sure to guard yourself because you because whatever you get involved with, whatever circumstance or situation you get involved with, it has the potential to undermine your well being, to undermine your health, to undermine your, your your you know mental acuity, all the all that kind of stuff. That Solomon is, is talking very practically about every relationship you get involved in is to guard your heart now you know this might upset a few of you where you think you need to be open and honest and all that kind of stuff you do you got need to be open and honest to yourself because you'll never be open and honest to somebody else if you're not open and honest with yourself and if you're not guarding your heart what are you doing are you playing a game What's happening? And Solomon, the wisest man at the time, said above all else, whatever priorities you may have in your life, whatever whatever you think is important, if you don't guard that, then the course of your life will be determined by factors that you are being, you know, given from someone else and not yourself. Very important. Now... This is a really quick message, but I'm going to give you, um, again, not clinical, but I'm going to give you three areas of, of, of why this is important. Uh, the, the next... Did I, miss a, did I miss something? No. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Um, here's why this is important. Our emotional well-being is the single largest contributor, positively or negatively, to our overall spiritual well-being how many times have you heard people say i don't feel like god loves me or or it doesn't appear that god even cares anymore or is god even listening you know how many of us are driven with our spiritual lives and our relationship with god based on how we feel or what our emotions are saying in the moment or we look at our circumstances situation and we end up drives us in a particular way emotionally, and we immediately relate it to God. So whether it's positively or negatively, our our emotional life often determines the health of our spiritual life. That's what happens. And I hear it all the time, all the time, all the time. Where is God? Because I... Where is God? Because... Over and over again. So this is a really important look. You know how important this is. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, at the end of November, we actually have somebody coming in on a Saturday seminar morning on emotional health, anxiety, depression, all that stuff. So if you know, if 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 you're, I think November twenty-second is the Saturday we're having it. It's free for you to to come. We have an expert coming in that's going to have that seminar on. on 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 a saturday morning so if you want to come you're invited to come it's going to be open to everybody here's here's another thing i'm I'm even contemplating the the expert that's here next week a six-week course almost like life group you come you know one day of a week for six weeks on emotional health and well-being darlene and i are going through the material right now i'm absolutely blown away Especially, and, and again, especially if you're a parent, especially um, this, this person talks a lot about how to raise emotionally healthy kids. And I am absolutely, I want to, I I'm saying to Darlene, we got to do this over again. <laughs> right you know um, you, i'm i'm calling i'm calling my sons going i'm sorry and, dad what's the matter I, I don't know i'm just sorry like you know um you know because we don't get it right as parents right and if you if and, and 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 if you if you want to absolutely get blown away about how to raise emotionally healthy kids this is an incredible six-week series like we're just being really encouraged and if your kids are older it's not too late okay honestly don't don't hear me saying it's too late for you or anything like that it's an amazing series and and we're contemplating trying to figure out the six weeks that we can get there because this is so important because emotionally how we relate to other people and how especially we relate to god is the single biggest contributor to our to our spiritual well-being that's just the reality you know we can know it in our heads but if we don't feel it in our hearts, something is off. And we're always driven by how we feel rather than what we think. You can say, I need to diet, I need to start running, I need to start taking care of myself, I need to but why is it that that you know the emotional part of it is what wins each and every time? Why? You know, that's that's the reality, the the, the emotional, the emotional well-being, okay? So um, this is the, like the minimum, right, to guard your heart. Here are, here are three things that you need to incorporate in your life that helps you to guard your heart. Number one is truth. You need to pursue truth. Truth is the road map. Truth is the roadmap for negotiating the difficult challenges of life. You know, this is is so vitally important. Without it, we get lost and we develop emotional problems that tell us we're lost. We often settle for half-truths or no truth at all because they are usually easier. The truth is the only road to to emotional health. There is no other path. Listen to what... uh, Paul writes in Ephesians, "...since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead,..." Let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. It's amazing to me that when Jesus was with his disciples, he said, when I go, I'm going to send another, a comforter, the paraclete, paracletos in in Greek, the Holy Spirit, who's going to lead you into all truth. Why did Jesus term it that way? Why? Why? To lead you into all truth. In John 8, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We know that passage so so well. This whole concept of, of truth, that whatever whatever we need for our emotional health, we need to be truthful and 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 honest and see reality for what it is you know um there are so many of us that that sort of frame reality in a in a way that's not healthy for us truth is vitally important and the bible is all about truth you know we've said many many times that the truth of the bible replaces the lies that many of us are living with the truth of the bible Number two, boundaries. Now, now, boundaries to me is a ten-week series alone. I, I gotta tell you, I don't know how many times I get called into a situation, and you know, there's there's problems, relation, whatever, whatever there is, and every time it's like, did you set up any boundaries? No. Why'd you let them move in? Because I'm a nice guy. Why? What were the boundaries? Did you make any rules? Did you say, okay, you can do this? You know, no. It's, it's unbelievable how many times uh, or, or you, know, you know, why did you allow them to do this? Why did you say that? Why, you know, you didn't set up any rules. You didn't set up any parameters. You didn't set up any boundaries. You know that when you get caught in a situation like that, what happens Right, you're an emotional wreck, and you let this person absolutely walk all over you. And it's okay to be a nice person. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to say, you you know, I want to help you. But this is how I'm going to help you. I'm, you know, you're not going to get the money. You're not going to, unless you know what I mean. When you do it with no boundaries whatsoever, you just become a doormat every time. Every time I've asked people, did you put any boundaries around it? Did you guard your heart? Did you put any kind of a fence around it? Did you make any kind of a a statement to say, yeah, I'm willing to help you, but I know you have the tendency. (sighs) This isn't being a bad person. This isn't being, you, you know, this is guarding your heart. And here's what happens when you don't guard your heart and it becomes a free-for-all, you get stepped on, and the minute you get stepped on, you start to react, and when you start to react, you confront that person, and when you confront that person, you become the bad guy. Because you didn't put a boundary around it in the very first place where you could have guarded your heart, and you could have helped them in a more practical and realistic way, and both of you would have been better off for it, but you didn't guard your heart and you didn't put a boundary around it. And now you're in a mess. Whereas at least if you put the boundary around it, you had something to stand on. This is... Have you ever, have you ever read the book Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend? If you've never read that book, read that book. Okay? I think the sub... What's the subtitle? Oh, When to Say Yes and how to say no to take control of your life. If you, if you, if you want to read a book that's going to put, help you put boundaries around your life and have healthy relationship with people that helps them and guards your heart, that's the book to read. Okay? Very, very important. Right? We're uncomfortable with boundaries because we're polite Canadians. <laughs> right? I wish you were all Greek. <laughs> Don't hate me for that. Don't me. Boundaries. I, you know, I, I, I can't... Oh, I can't tell you how many times this... It just a simple boundary would have made all the difference in the world. And so many people get emotionally in a wreck because it's been a free-for-all and never defined a relationship in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Boundaries. Number three, right? Friendship. Friendship. You need friends. Now, most of you are going to say community, and I'm going to say no. Community is good to a point, but you need somebody within that community that's going to care for you. It can be one person, two pe- two people, three people. It, does, it doesn't matter. As long as you feel that you can be yourself in that community with, with somebody. Or you have a friend somewhere that's going to be honest with you and, and cares for you and knows you for who you are. And is able to say, stop it. And is able to talk into your life in a really powerful way. You know, that's... that's <laughs> You know, Um, community is great. Community kind of helps you, you know, act and and behave a certain way and, and feel healthy about being part of something larger. Community, absolutely. But I think community is the first step. Second step is somebody within that community that you can absolutely relate to. Friendship. We all need friends. Listen, listen. God said it's not good to be alone. Um, a recent study including that involved over 300,000 people over three decades shows how true that is people with no social life I don't know what that means by the way no social life, because I really have no social life Um, if if it means going out to the disco, I just said disco didn't I they're still alive and well in Greece by the way Um, People who have no social life are 50% more likely to die early. Those who socialize regularly with family and friends live an average of 3.7 years longer than most people. Amen. Amen. Okay. People who have friends and supportive people who encourage them to have better health practices, see a doctor, exercise more. And they also help us to directly, uh, directly by making us feel that we have something to live for. That's what friends, that's, that's what close friendship, that we have purpose in life, that we have something to live with, something, something to achieve, you know, by having secure relationships and feeling loved. People live much more secure, calm lives. That's, that's the truth. A, 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 recent, a recent article, and I can't... In the book High Society by Joseph Calif, Califano, the chairman of the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Cal, Columbia University, he said this. This really blew me away. Chemistry is chasing Christianity as the number one religion in North America. Chemistry is chasing Christianity... As the number one religion in North America. See, we say, we say all these other religions are competing with us, but it's not. It's actually chemistry. He says, millions of, of people are in the times of personal crisis and emotional and mental anguish once turned to priests, ministers, and rabbis for keys to the heavenly kingdom. But now we go to physicians and psychiatrists, as holding the keys to the kingdom of pharmaceutical relief. Or to drug dealers, liquor stores, chemicals, and alcohol alcohol that is replacing the confessional as a source of solace and forgiveness. Wow. Isn't that, that's powerful. I I never thought of that. You know, the chemistry is chasing Christianity as the number one religion in North America. I thought that was pretty powerful. Here. Here's what I want to leave you with because we're we're out of time. This is what I want to leave you with. No one can fill your emotional tank. Your spouse can't. Other people can't. Only God can fill your emotional tank. Only God can fully satisfy you emotionally emotionally. That's what we're wired for. That's what's really important to remember. We get parts of it from other people. We get parts of it with, from the friendship. We get parts of it. But we don't get it fully satisfied unless it's a relationship with God. Because that's what being made in the image of God allows us to connect with in a very powerful way. Here, closing the illustration. I got this quote from Russell Moore in Purpose Driven Cosmos. He says, for far too long, we've called people, unbelievers, to invite Jesus into your life. Invite Jesus into your heart. Invite Jesus into your life. This is what he writes. Jesus doesn't want to be in your life. Your life's a wreck. I went, okay. Your life's a mess. Jesus calls you into his life and his life isn't boring or purposeless or static it's wild and exhilarating and unpredictable and it's what you're meant to connect to listen that's 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 the quick emotional overview all right because because we're out of time don't miss next week with our special guests as as i asked this person questions are going to relate to you on emotional health and what we do because it's absolutely an epidemic in our society and culture you cannot ignore it everyone in this room everyone in this room is either suffering from some kind of mental illness or has a family member or someone they love very close to them who are suffering with this we cannot ignore this in the church we cannot ignore this in the church any longer. We need to help others have good emotional well-being for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the culture and the, and the world that we live in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this quick overview of a huge, huge, huge topic. But how many of us, Lord, have failed to guard our hearts especially when it comes to our emotional well-being and we've allowed things that happen that bring us into a sense of hopelessness and and discouragement and difficulty and yet if we had just taken some protective measures we could have stabilized ourselves emotionally and lord we know that this isn't exhaustive in any way shape or form but lord can we at least begin the conversation can we at least begin to take this topic seriously for the sake of those that are suffering for the sake of those who are caregivers so that we can see better mental health because lord it ultimately affects the relationship we have with you so we pray your blessing this morning in jesus name amen